with a will in a body. That is an inexpressible gift from God, and it means that you can actually focus your thoughts and your emotions, your attention on what we're talking about. It's possible, not certain, in a few moments that a red car may go behind me, it will give you an opportunity to keep your focus right here. This is early in the morning. I love morning because to me, morning is a time of hope, and I keep getting up earlier and earlier. I know it can be an age thing. I understand. Not cool. I'm headed to Branson, Missouri. Pretty soon I'll take the bus to have dinner at 4.30 in the cafeteria buffet line. It's all right. I love hope. We need hope. And we're moving towards hope. Going through Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart, turning now to radical goodness restored to the soul. But don't get too excited yet about hope, because hope is not soft. It is not easy. Jesus offers a life under the easy yoke with a rested soul, but it is also a life of great strenuous effort. Agonizo, we get the word agony, is one of the words Paul uses to describe himself. And if you don't think that that all goes together, then there's more to learn. Paul's writing about uh, radical evil in the ruined soul, how we are moral, spiritual, relational, emotional train wrecks. And such were some of you, he says, 1 Corinthians 6. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. And then Dallas begins the chapter, page 63, with these words, One of the amazing things about the human being is that it is capable of restoration. And indeed, of a restoration that makes it somehow more magnificent because it has been ruined. This is a hopeful but strange thought. Dallas doesn't explain why he thinks that a restored human being can be even more magnificent after the ruin. I wish I could ask him about that. Maybe it's a bit like a bone, which for a time after a break is healed is actually the strongest at the broken place. There does seem to be something about the agony, the beauty of the cross at the center of human history, a God who's willing to suffer, that has echoed in all of our lives that there is something glorious about restoration. At any rate, that's the path that we're on. And it will mean restoration in each of those dimensions of the self that we have talked about. In my will, so that my will becomes effective and chooses what is good. In my mind, so that my thoughts are true and my desires become noble. In my body, so that my body becomes the servant of my will and my mind and not the other way around. In my social relationships and identity, and, and deep, deep in my soul as I connect with God and creation and myself and other people. Now, Dallas goes on. The key to understanding the overall reordering is provided by what we learned about the human rule in the previous chapter. John Calvin remarked, For as the surest source of destruction to men, human beings, is to obey themselves... Now, this would be a critical thought that we'll come back to. To obey yourself means doing what you feel like doing, satisfying your desires or your will. That's the surest source of destruction, Calvin says. In our day, it's thought to be the path to gratification, self-fulfillment. Calvin says the source of self-destruction. So the only haven of safety is to have no other will, no other wisdom, than to follow the Lord wherever He leads. Let this then be the first step to abandon ourselves and devote the whole energy of our minds to the service of God. With these words, he simply restates 
the basic point of view of Christ's people through the ages. And then he goes on. By service, I mean not only that which consists in verbal obedience, that is what we would call lip service, just outward conformity, but that by which the mind, divested of its own carnal feelings, carnal here doesn't mean sexual, it's, it's fleshly carnivore, that which is opposed to God, feelings that are opposed to God, this transformation, which Paul calls the renewing of the mind, Romans 12, 2, though it is the first entrance of life, was unknown to all the philosophers. He's thinking of the Greeks, the Stoics. They gave the primary place to reason alone. But Christian philosophy bids her give place and yield complete submission to the Holy Spirit so that the man himself no longer lives but Christ lives and reigns in him. Dallas goes on. It is such an overall transformation of personality that Calvin captured under the heading self-denial, a term he used to summarize the entire Christian life. Self-denial must never be confused with self-rejection, nor is it to be thought of as a painful and strenuous act perhaps repeated from time to time against great internal resistance, it is rather an overall settled condition of life in the kingdom of God, better described as death to self. So let's pause here. Because self-denial is a very daunting phrase, and it is the foundation. It is not self-rejection. As a general rule left to ourselves, our ego bounces back and forth between the inflated ego and the deflated ego. I mentioned the psychologist Roy Baumeister, who did a lot of the research to suggest that the pursuit of self-esteem is not the solution to all human problems. He writes about one day when his wife is talking to their four-year-old daughter, and their four-year-old daughter says, Mommy, I know everything. And Mommy says, No, honey, you don't know everything. And the daughter says, Yes, Mommy, I know everything. And the mother trying to help her daughter have a sober and reasonable estimate of herself, says, no, you don't know everything. You don't know the square root of 36. And her daughter says, yes, I do. I'm just keeping all the really big numbers a secret. And mommy said, uh, it's not a big number. The square root of six uh, of 36 is just six. And her daughter said, uh, I knew that already. Actually, it was a white car, not a red car, but now come back here. So, uh, we go from that to then when things don't go well, when people don't puff us up, when we're not hugely successful, having this deflated sense of self, a dull little man putting on a show. A deflated ego, self-rejection, I wish I wasn't me, is not self-denial. In fact, self-denial actually calls for deep self-acceptance. My body, my personality, my experience God will only bless you as you are, who you are, where you are. And then self-denial is not an occasional act that we do through gritted teeth and great internal resistance. It is, he says, uh, an overall settled condition of life in the kingdom. Our family went last summer to see a rodeo and the youngest member talked about bunking broncos. They do not want to be ridden, and so they will do everything they can not to be ridden. But then there can be a horse, after it's worked with for a while, that actually invites a rider to be on it. 
and there's the red car now back here uh, that invites the rider to be on it and then they're able to accomplish glorious things together if you've ever seen the movie Seabiscuit uh, what happens when a rider and a horse are in sync is magnificent and um, it's odd that we call that breaking a horse. Really, it ought to be fixing the horse. Although if I was a horse and somebody said they were going to have me fixed, I wouldn't like that. It's an overall settled condition of preparation to do what is noble and good. But what is this self-denial and death to self, which goes hand in hand with restoration of the soul and eventually the whole person? At first, it sounds like some dreadfully negative thing that aims to annihilate us. And frankly, from the point of view of the ruined soul, self-denial is and will always be every bit as brutal as it seems to most people on first approach. The ruined life is not to be enhanced but replaced. The ruined life is not to be enhanced but replaced. So the alcoholic who says, you mean I'm never to have another drink? That's the only thing that makes my life worth living. Yes, that's what it means. The anxious person means, you mean I'll actually have to face my fear and walk towards them? Yes, that's what it means. The ego-driven person means, says, you mean I have to take myself off the throne and relinquish my ability to control everybody and everything? Yep, that's exactly what it means. You must lose your old ruined life. It is not to be enhanced but lost. And Jesus makes these amazing statements. Those who find their life shall lose it. Whoever aims to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. What would you trade your very soul for? And, and then Dallas says this, We must always remember in hearing these words of Jesus about the worth of the soul that the art of the great teacher is to put things in ways you will remember even if you don't understand them. In that way you can keep on working on them and they on you until you do understand them. Jesus is the master teacher of the human race and he teaches us accordingly. And by the way, if you teach or if you listen to the teaching, the teacher is not to be the Bible answer man. Often the best thing for people is to allow there to be space for discovery rather than just trying to present everything as if the teacher knew everything. What do you think? Keep working on it. And what Jesus is doing in this is teaching about the worth of the soul that is worth more than all of the world. It is because of the great worth of the soul that the self is to be denied. So, take away today, do something that you do not want to do. Um, skip that glass of wine or that dessert. Just one thing. Don't have to be religious. Go to bed on time. Answer all your emails and texts as soon as they come in. Clean up your desk or clean up your room. Read page 64 two times. Memorize a sentence that has great worth and beauty in it. Today, do one thing. Just locate it now. Identify it now. I'm going to do one thing today that I do not want to do. But understand this also. Self-denial is not just doing what I don't want to do and not doing what I do want to do. You can do those two things and go down terrible roads. So what exactly is self-denial? Well... Why don't you keep working on that? What do you think? See what you can discover. We'll take it up Thanks next Thanks for time. listening. 
You can join the conversation and more by visiting becomenew.me slash subscribe.